0: Listening to the Hometown Losers,
1: the St. Louis Sports Podcast with Josh, Adam, and O.J.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back here to the Hometown Losers. This is our twelfth session. I'm joined as always here by Adam and OJ. How are we doing today, guys? Hey hey! Wow, well, good to be here.
2: Can't believe it's been twelve sessions already. Time's flying. How about you, not OJ? Sure how is. you doing?
1: I'm doing well.
2: Ah, doing just well. hits it up
0: with a standard well. Okay, like <laughs> I'm <it>. actually doing <laughs>
2: great. I mean, the fact yeah. is, you know, I, I know we're not. It's not one of our major topics here, but obviously, we're we're uh, we're we're having a pretty good week here. At least, in, if in case you're a Chiefs fan, Um you're still, you know. Celebrating, got the hangover here for you know the past few days. So I'm doing good.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, you know, we'll get to more of the Chiefs talk and everything a little bit later on, but uh, obviously with the KC uh fan base going crazy um with their Super Bowl win. Um, but let's talk a little bit, I guess, on the opposite end of the spectrum here. Uh <laughs> when it comes to Missouri sports, um, and go, I guess talk about the St. Louis Blues. Um, there's really not much, I guess, to talk about right uh, currently. Um, but Adam, you did say uh, something about Saad too that I didn't even see. Yeah, up. yeah. So on Tuesday, when uh, we were playing the Panthers,
2: uh, which was quite a blowout anyway, a 62 win uh, over uh, over uh, the Panthers. Unfortunately, Saad sustained uh, upper body injury, and anyway, um, they actually uh ruled him out and he's gonna be uh out for a little while apparently um so they brought up uh neighbors from AHL again
3: yeah.
2: and uh yep. yeah um and I think it's also right. oh go ahead
1: Saying that's all right. Now I need to get a better culture going I suppose.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So, Saad, at this point, has had 15 goals, seven assists, and 46 games. Um, so, how do you think, how do you guys feel with Saad out? Um, you know, how how do you think that's going to impact us?
1: Well, I think it'll make oh, us think, worse. He's been one of our yeah.
3: better performers yep. this year. Yeah.
1: Like, you know, so <laughs> it's going to make us work worse, but also it's, uh, I mean, like I said, now Jake Neighbors gets to get up and get in the mix, and that's good to see because hes we're going to need him to be part of the core going forward if we're mm-hmm. going to be any good anytime soon. So let's hope that he can have For a sure. good end of the year.
2: Looks like we did dodge a bullet. Uh, Tori Krug also suffered a lower body injury, uh, same game, but uh, apparently he is expected to play tonight. In fact, I think the game is literally getting ready to—they're to, getting ready to drop the puck. Um, so they, the last I heard was he was expected to play. So hopefully yeah. uh, all is well, <laughs> you know, because we definitely need Krug, and uh, I think we're playing the Devils tonight. So.
0: Yeah, and I think that Saad's injury even goes further than just, like, the stats of him being productive. Uh, Saad's been in this league for a very long time, um, or at least it feels like at this point, but obviously he's more of a veteran than, you know, like Jake Neighbors, obviously, just in his direct replacement. So I think that, you know, you're already really hurt on leadership on this team, right? Jamie Rivers said on the Fast Lane uh, a couple days ago that when you take a look at the 2019 Stanley Cup run, you know, yeah. who's left? It's Roar, uh, the leadership group. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Tarasenko's yeah. gone. gone. Bo, Bo Meacher is yeah. gone. Um, yeah, Shin too, but Shin sure was, was at that point in time. Yeah, no, no, and not to take away from Shin, but at that point say he was a he leader
1: was, on the team at that time. He was – He's uh, um, that's kind of how he's he been was, his whole time for the most part. I uh, see
0: I, I'm with you, but I disagree that he would have been considered a leader. I think that he was just starting to get to like the leadership mentality and leadership um like roles, so to speak. You know what I mean? But I do think that he had leadership capabilities. Yeah. He did I do mean, that, if that makes sense. But he wasn't in that yeah. role, so to speak. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, in all fairness, you know, definitely you can you definitely say Shin too. But regardless, even with Shin and Roar, I mean, you lost you lost Petro, You lost Steen. You lost Meester, uh Lost Carlson because apparently Carlson had a lot of influence on that team. I did not know about that um, until Jimmy Gunnarsen. Rivers went a little bit more in depth about. Yeah,
1: Gunnarsson, oh, right? Uh, not Carlson. Yes. Oh Carl my God, it's Carlson.
0: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> Carl Gunnerson. Yeah, not, yeah. My bad. You got the two sports mixed up there. My fault. <laughs> I haven't talked about Gunnerson in a minute. Sports ball, so it's just like sports ball. Yeah. Oh, uh, you got to put that home run in the
1: uh the basket, right? And that's what the saying is, yeah. right? <laughs> Guess what I'm watching? Um, right now. The stream that I'm trying to watch for some reason is playing women's college basketball. It's number 10 Notre Dame versus Louisville overtime. And they're reviewing something. It was 6 seconds. Long. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why are you putting this on? <laughs> I know the blues are bad, but like, damn, dude. Yeah,
2: it's like, come on now. I do occasionally still turn them back, you know, turn them on the TV, you know, and watch occasionally, mainly just, you know, catch the highlights and stuff, or at least that, you know, to get my updates on the phone, at least. But sometimes it is painful to turn on, you know, turn on the game and watch. But, you know, time to time. Like I said, we had an (laughs) exciting game Tuesday, but.
1: Yeah, let me.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting too. Since we made that trade with Tarasenko, we're two and zero, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Surprisingly, hey, like,
1: yeah. And we were winning before he came back. He comes back, we drop five games. We it, trade it, him, we win two. Like, come on, dude.
2: <laughs> and he, and he seems to right. be happy in New York. I mean, you know, I'm sad that he's gone, but he seems to be happy there and apparently, you know, being productive for uh, for the Rangers. So, you know, mm-hmm. hey, we'll see how it goes for him. Obviously. Yep. they're uh at this point they're obviously a better team but overall but anyway it
0: is what it is yeah. yeah yeah all right and speaking of you know trying to find you know a stream and you know having issues to do that right now oj uh let's talk about uh something that's a little bit more of i guess an elf in the room we've talked a little bit about it uh on this podcast but not like a whole heck of a lot and that's with the the diamond sports group here um so it's kind of a little bit of a, a segue i guess um you know with o j you you not being able to get to the games and or at least find the stream for uh the blues game and everything but um I don't know if you guys did hear this, but Mm -hmm. um, they defaulted, the Diamond uh, Sports Group defaulted on a $140 million payment. Mm -hmm. um, And they got into a 30-day grace period, essentially, where they had to make a $140 million payment to creditors. Um, It is expected at this point in time that they will file for bankruptcy. Um, For anybody that does not know, Diamond Sports Group um, just posted their – um 2022 revenue uh like uh, what they're essentially their books they're eight billion dollars in debt Mm -hmm. and it's actually closer to nine now um at least estimate you know eight billion is what what we know it it, to be but they're estimating it to be around nine billion Yeah, it's 8.674
2: billion that's as of september 30th and they also just a heads up they also have nearly a billion dollars in rights payments That's going to be due in the first quarter of this year as well, mainly to baseball teams. Mm -hmm. So just heads up, they're already defaulting and now they're going to have to be another billion dollars that, that there's be that they're going to be supposedly paying out. But yeah, they can't even make the interest Uh, payments now
0: in diamond sports group, like (laughs) the executives that that they've been having, obviously constant meetings, because they are expected to in this 30 day grace period declare for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they can, Essentially, the way that it works is so you can declare for bankruptcy and then you can show a plan essentially to your creditors or, you know, people that you owe money to say, this is our plan to get out of this rut, so to speak. Um, And it's got to be approved by a board. I've never gone through bankruptcy and especially within a company bankruptcy. So things are a little bit different. But essentially, there's laws that are kind of in place to like if you start a business and you have like some sort of like a 10 year, I think it's like five to 10 years or whatever, mm-hmm. um, th- the, the government will not bail you out, but they will help like essentially be a mediator because you're reporting your stuff to the, the government, to like your creditors and say, okay, Hey, you know, like, this is what I have to do to be able to get out of debt, you know, and, and, and go from there again, I'm not a hundred percent on it, but that's just my basic understanding of it.
2: Um, it is. It to me, it just seems like since they broke away, you know, since they uh um since they forced uh basically Disney, a twenty first century Fox, to basically get rid of that, you know, and sell off the uh uh the regional yeah. sports networks and such, it seems like they've just ran it into the ground, in my opinion, because that was yeah. back a few years ago. And ever since then they just completely ran yeah, into the like ground. Everybody I talk right uh twenty nineteen, I think. It's whenever they sold off. uh, Sinclair technically bought it in 2019 from Disney for like $10 billion Um, uh, in any way. Ever since then, they just ran it into the ground. And I know it's been increasingly aggravating as a fan because it's beginning harder and harder and harder for people to find access to these channels because most people are cutting cable. They're going to streaming. Mm -hmm. And now I think like they're, they're, they're offering a quote unquote streaming package for like 20 bucks a month. And yet they're still blacking out shit. And it's, and it's ran like crap as well. The app is really, uh, you know, slow and it's just, they, they, just did not execute on this at all knowing that this was the direction that they're going in. And I know that they basically came out and said, Hey, this is part of the reason why, you know, we're failing is because, you know, the shifting consumer, consumer behavior, uh, the media fragmentation, the current economic environment, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like these guys should have had a game plan in my opinion. And I feel like they've been sitting there doing nothing about it, other than just, you know, say, hey, here's another streaming program that nobody wants to buy because they're who knows if they're going to actually be able to watch their game. So most people are going to illegal streams at the time because of it, you know.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> so. what really killed them, too, is uh, pricing themselves out of like the yeah. basic plans yep. on yep. the cable packages and stuff. That's where they really and killed. It's crazy.
2: You know, I miss the days of being able to watch like freaking most of my sports on like channel 11 you know
1: yeah you and get the, basic you to, yeah. cable and yeah. you get Fox sports midwest and you can watch all the local yeah. teams it's
2: perfect and the, and, yeah and anymore it's just getting harder and harder for fans to uh be able to watch games and now this is going to impact things even more negatively because the fact is you know like the cardinals um you know they own uh, basically they owe them uh, the Sinclair Group, the Diamond Group. How much is it that they owe them, or they own a part of? Um, they own
1: like a thirty percent stake in the company, and it yeah. was a billion dollar total contract. I'm not sure mm. how much is left to be paid on that.
2: Oh yeah, that's but, right. It was a billion dollars over 15 years, and thirty yeah. percent.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's what so I'm that's, saying. So you, you know, they're feeling that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> they're getting much less revenue than they expected. For sure. Because the shit's sure. been so poorly managed.
2: Yeah, and they go into bankruptcy and they end up like, say they end up defaulting completely and they just can't pay it. That's going to impact so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, not yeah, only just from a viewership perspective, but from the team revenue perspective,
0: right? Yeah, yeah and to your point, you know, but Adam, the thing that doesn't make any sense to me, right, to, to your point, they should definitely have had a plan for this, right? If yeah, the St. Louis Post, post Post-Dispatch can survive a paperless world if you know the chicago tribune can survive a paperless world where people Mm -hmm. are not buying newspapers anymore right they're all going digital then they should have been able to survive with something right here right exactly now that is that is something to be said here you have to adapt what you described (laughs) of being able to like select a few like programs and stuff like that like for me you know i don't have cable I, right. I don't want it because there's I don't watch TV. I watch this stuff that I want to want to watch. And I feel like that's kind of everybody now. Mm-hmm. People barely listen to the radio. They listen to the same serious channels or their own phone, you know, paying Pandora and all that stuff. Um, right. You know, they, they listen to what they want to listen to. They they watch what they want to watch. But so that's when these people like they need to be smart and allow sling to be back what sling was. If you guys mm-hmm. remember, sling was oh, yeah, you pick a channel. And you, you pay for that channel, done, yeah, flat out. Yeah. So you pay five dollars a month for you know the Fox Hell, Sports red, Midwest. Red is Zone's very
2: much like that. I can buy red zone and just buy red freaking red zone, you know what I mean? And I pay the extra five bucks a month and that's what I get, you know, and but they need to have that more a la carte instead of so many damn streaming services, you know. It's just it's getting ridiculous. I mean it South Park such- <laughs> South Park made fun of it, and I wholeheartedly agree. It's getting getting, stupid, uh, you know? it's getting ridiculous you know, it's getting ridiculous that's how many freaking. I mean, it, the whole point of like cutting cable was to save money, and now we have more freaking streaming services going to cost more than standard cable ever used to be. You know, if you truly wanted to be able to watch everything that you wanted to watch before. So,
1: yeah, that's not by that's accident. my actual point. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. The, because I you know, think in terms of. Ch- we, we all moved towards cheaper options because it's a lot to spend on, for some of these cable packages mm-hmm. on it, some that's just purely entertainment. But now, so they're following us. But now they're like, well, we'll corner this market and we'll pay out. You know, we'll make you have like a million services if you want to watch all the stuff you want to watch. It'll be just the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're paying the same amount, just to different. <laughs> Pretty much.
2: <people>. Like, <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right.
0: So and see that's my thing about it too, right? Is like so I want to watch like the only things I would watch on TV I would like to have NBC just so I could watch like you know Sunday Night Football, some news every once in a while, the Olympics whenever it's on. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to have Valley. I would like to have True TV. You know maybe NFL uh, Red Zone, maybe the NFL Network because they have Mm -hmm. a lot of you know good content and ESPN, ESPN too. Problem with it is like with Charter, which is my internet provider. It's on like seven different packages that you have to buy. So, (laughs) you know, instead of like being able to like create your own bundle where it's like, okay, it's something reasonable, like $50. It's like one hundred and eighty dollars to five channels that I'm going to watch. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: It's ridiculous. Yeah. And now this is all happening. And now we're going to be who knows what the future is going to hold now for sports.
0: Yeah, because. Yeah, because. Go ahead, Ed.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what's going to happen? You know, is it if they default and they end up going under, then where? I mean, what are your? Where do they start broadcasting again and try to get like some no, local actually, deals or go I on? I do with,
0: have some information. Uh, yeah, I was going to say are they going to so, start
2: broadcasting online. What you know? What are you, Yeah, what have you heard?
0: So Diamond, uh, so Diamond Sports Group actually has uh, quite a few teams that they have the broadcasting rights for. They're mm-hmm. in three different leagues: MLB, NHL, NBA. Right? They have four the rights for 14 MLB teams, 12 NHL teams, and 16 NBA teams. Which it's kind of weird to me that it's only 12 in the NHL side, but mm-hmm. you know that is what it is, right? Um, so here's the news that we have right now. So Manfred. Um, the commissioner for MLB said that if Diamond fails, the MLB Network will take over. Um, but here's the thing about it, right? So the way that he explained it, and the way that it's being projected right now, is that if it, if you know, Diamond fails, MLB Network will take over. They're going to have to go to the provider, say Charter, uh, XCom, whatever the local providers are, and okay. negotiate a price to have broadcasting and publishing rights, right? Because obviously there's going to be some sort of charge to have it on the charter packages and so on and so forth. Of course, yeah. But, but it is not expected to be free. So say you uh, buy a package that has Valley Sports on it, right? So you buy that package specifically for Valley Sports, just call, call it $50, make it, you know, whatever. Yeah. If you go to charter and say, okay, well, they failed. I need MLB on it. They're not going to give you a reimbursement. For that $50 on that sports package, you're going to have to buy the MLB, you know, pro package or whatever the hell it's going to be called. That's what there is. So, again, it's going exactly what we were talking about just a few minutes ago that you're going to have to buy yet another frickin streaming package to be able to watch the game. So that's not solving yeah. the problem then. So I agree. They're going to just oh, wind it, up in it, the oh, same it, position. It, it, and That's, what is being expected and what's being talked about too is that any of the revenue that is made off the streaming is going to go to the MLB and not the team that is being broadcasted. Whatever. So, yeah, like how? So like essentially, like oh cool, we're going to step in and now we're going to step in and take your publishing rights essentially. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean? So like they, why? <sighs>
2: OK, that I don't agree I'm with surprised that.
1: Okay. the owners would agree to that. Like, yeah,
2: I don't agree with that at all.
0: But it sounds like it. But hold on. So the thing is, uh, this is just what the projection is right now. There has not been an agreement for it just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what Manfred also did say is that if they don't make their payments and they don't live up to any of the bankruptcies, like, you know, uh, the plans, essentially, whatever it's called. Um, then they can null and void the contract and move on to try to find somebody else. But they would take them on in the process. But if I'm the St. Louis Cardinals, right, I'm looking over there. and I'm going, there's no way I'm going to take that deal. I'd much rather no take way. my own, you know, and try to find somebody else that would be able to give me even if it's like, OK, cool, I don't get. You know, publishing rights for like 10, 15 games. Give me long enough. I'm the St. Louis Cardinals. Somebody's going to want to be able to broadcast my game. I'm telling you, if you they, they made well,
1: a St. Louis Sports Network, I would pay for that heart. So I have a question. Okay. Well, OK, so I have a
2: question then. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, are they saying no more blackouts then?
0: That's uh, I'm. I, it's assuming I don't know that, that okay, information. Okay, because that I could if you're, up. you're paying well, get, for that,
2: uh, I better expect no blackouts. I'm sorry, but I think
0: that's a mandatory. So Adam, to that to that point, we that was something that I specifically talked about not too long ago, especially around the MLB network, and we were we had just mentioned like the Diamond Sports Group having problems mm-hmm. and stuff like that because there was just the rumors that were gonna be tossed around and like this was just being brought to light. But that happened to the Tampa Bay Rays. Is legitimately okay. So the ML they they lost their broadcasting rights. So the MLB stepped in and said, Cool, we'll put you on our network. But then it followed the same damn rule. So if I was in Tampa Bay wanting to watch the Rays play, because I'm a diehard Tampa Bay fan, I had to have a VPN because it was showing that I was I was a local block blackout.
3: Yeah, it's like, cool. but
0: you're the only people that can do the, the broadcast because there's nowhere else to find the damn yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm sorry, for going but that,
2: that's got to go. I'm sorry, but the blackout shit's got to go, especially in this day and age. It's got to go. You know, yeah. And then you're we're going to go get, to the streaming get upset shit
0: at people for streaming, like streaming games illegally. It's like, well, I would buy the uh, NHL package, but I can't watch the freaking blues. You, so why the hell? That's would what I I'm it? saying is like, you can't have it both ways.
2: If you want to be successful, then you have to be able to allow your fans to watch your games. I mean, I understand. Yeah. It's like, well, we want to be drive ticket sales. People will go to the games if they want to go to the games. The fact yeah, is, exactly. that it's just because of streaming is not going to be like, well, I'm not going to go to the game because it's a completely different experience. I'm sorry, but going to a game and actually watching it on TV are two completely different situations. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. If, as a okay. as an avid fan of a sport, I should be able to have the right to be able to watch it. And if I'm paying for it, then I don't I don't know what the blackout or the point of it is. So anyway, I'll let it go. <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna I'm
0: pissed. You're about good, that man,
1: situation. and it's. No, no, trust
2: me, I
0: understand. Okay,
2: and I but. and we haven't even touched the financial like hardcore financial situation of how it's going to affect the teams long term too. So,
1: I mean, yeah. I do assume that MLB would prefer to have, be able to just sell the streaming rights directly itself and then they wouldn't need to do blackouts because it wouldn't matter, right? Right. Because it really is the RSNs that need the blackouts, you know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now that now, once they're gone, I wouldn't be surprised to see MLB at least eventually get rid of the blackouts. But, you know, because you got to think about how it affects other teams that are on that don't have uh ballet sports like they still have their broadcasting rights. Like, are mm-hmm. they going to now complain that, like, well, all these other teams are reaching a wider audience? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got to right. keep the peace that way. There's always going to be some stupid. Yeah, because like the Yankees, like,
2: like the Yankees, they've always had. Yes, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how much the Sinclair owns them or whatever, but or if, if any at all. But anyway, I thought the like Yankees so. were the primary one. But anyway, the point is, yeah, is they that all, they'll they'll obviously so. still <laughs> want to be able to do their own thing because I think the Yankees actually own or at least their majority owner of their own network, so to speak,
0: you know? They they are. They have their own app and own streaming and yeah. stuff like that. So, like, yeah. So, it's its own paid subscription. And exactly. But, again, with the Yes Network, they also have Knicks Basketball. Um, they don't have the Mets, obviously, but I think they do now have the Islanders and the Rangers under that. I know for a gotcha. fact that they have the Rangers, but I think they have the Islanders on their, under that as well. Yeah. And but I think they – the only people they don't have are the Jets and the Giants. Yeah, you know, I'm just talking about New York style sure, stuff. Sure. sure. But I'm saying those, those to
2: what? Those what? teams. That's what I was saying. Is, yeah, about those teams that already have their existing networks and all like that. It's going to be a hard sell for them to be like, oh, hey, join up, uh, join up with us and do this. And they'll be like, well, why, why should we? We
0: have our own successful podcast. I, I don't think that. But anyway. Yeah, I don't think the mandation would be there. You can't force a team to have broadcasting okay. under yeah, one yeah. umbrella. So yeah. I, I don't think that would be the case. But it's going to be for the teams, like, again, like Cardinals that are you know going to be trapped in this and stuff like that. Um, right. So I think that – but it, 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 if they can – if you want to do – if they want to do what they did before with the MLB network where you can watch every single game, um, you, you know, perfectly fine, do that. But what you need to have is two different fricking packages of them. Mm-hmm. One is local sports and everything else is blocked out. And then the other one, which is all the games.
2: Oh, yeah. It should be available to everything. Absolutely. There should be a 100% yeah. uh, a- available to all without VPNs and all this other crap, a premium. Because,
0: because I, I'm telling you, because what I can without the see, essence, happening, you do not need that. Exactly. And I, what I can see happening is like, okay, so say that, you know, I'm a young kid, and I start watching baseball. Um, and you know Albert Pools, the new Albert Pools comes up, right? It's Walker. Mm-hmm. Walker's the new Pools. I'm not going to put that comparison, please, for the love of God. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, so this this all star happens. I watch him growing up, and then at right when I become an adult, he gets traded or he leaves. He goes to a different team. Well, I still want to watch the Cardinals, but I this is my favorite player. I want to watch him, right? Well, what do I do? Oh, cool! I can actually just upgrade my MLB package. You know what I mean? And I think that well, it, it can even happen in shorter doses than just going up, you know, ten years in, in the future kind of thing. But uh, I believe that the MLB, like the MLB network, can evolve. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, where it sounds you, like you it's can get, going to.
2: Actually, in fact, in fact, right here. Rob Banford actually was just earlier today said that blackouts were kind of the opposite side of the coin of reach, and we need to deliver products to the fans who want to watch on platforms that are customarily used at a realistic price. That's our number one priority. So basically, he his his thought is blackouts are a thing of the past. So I think they're going to push for right. yeah that I, to be.
0: I, I didn't see any of, of that in yeah, the, the that the, literally um, just got published
2: uh, like three o'clock. So yeah. Okay. yeah, I literally just saw that. So. That's across the wire. So it sounds like you know MLB is all all forward as
0: well. Yeah. Um. And so speaking of that, though, too, um, with the other two you know organizations, sports organizations that are involved with this, with the NHL and the NBA, um, uh, mm-hmm. Batman held that emergency meeting for all 32 teams today. Um, mm-hmm. that did come over, and essentially it, it was it was actually the discuss uh, more than just um the if diamond failed. But essentially, um, that was the main reason why they talked about it. Um, they stated that the NHL network um, will take over and the price is expected to be free for the rest of the season. So essentially, if you have the NHL app, it would be like a free game because they do that every once in a while for just random games. They'll pick one t- one game for each team throughout the season and just say this is a random free game. You get to watch it. You know what I mean? As long as it's not like a huge broadcast game or Sure. You know, Chicago, like Chicago a, versus
2: you get your free space yeah. on the bingo board, I guess. <laughs> here you go.
0: So, yeah, essentially that's what what it kind of is here. Um, but here's the the biggest thing about it is there right now, and this is what Diamond is saying to pretty much everybody, is that there is no plans to have any issues for the current seasons, uh, for the NBA or the NHL currently. But you know, who knows if that will actually change or not
2: probably because maybe the way that those payments are structured are a little different than like say baseball baseball is going to be interesting right. because the fact is in this you know quarter one they owe a billion dollars to baseball and you think yeah they're going to be and able to pay that that's not happening
0: right that and that right now is the the main discussion going around the diamond sports uh group from what we're like reading and what we're hearing and the rumors and stuff is that they're yeah. not necessarily focused on this year because the NBA and the NHL seasons are more than halfway done. They'll be able Mm -hmm. to run the clock out, so to speak, even if they do declare bankruptcy on that, those deals in that contract, they're worried about baseball. Um, which again, you, you know, you have 14 out of the 30 teams that are there. You know what I mean? You have half the league. So,
2: and back to your point though, earlier, even if they do like enter into bankruptcy, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, shit, everything is done and it's over with. Like you said, all, yeah. they would have some time to figure that out, because if they can come to an agreement where they can, you know, maybe uh, settle for a lesser amount or, you know, kind of restructure or whatever. And that's the ultimate goal here, obviously, is to try to, you know, see what's best for both parties to make them so they maybe would be profitable again, per se, as well. So we would have some time maybe to work that out.
0: Yeah, it definitely could be. Um, the last uh, last association yeah, with the NBA here, they, they haven't actually – Adam Silver, who's the commissioner of the NBA, um, and the NBA itself has not released any information really around this. But they have mm-hmm. you know, pretty much like like just put it out in the Twitter space or whatever. They're talking to uh, Diamond Sports Group daily, and they're t- speaking to them directly about solutions um, to make sure that everything is stating there. Um, but it's kind of to me, it's interesting. The NBA seems to be very nonchalant about this. And literally 16 out of the 32 teams that are in the NBA are on this deal. So or wow. it's actually 30 teams, not 32. So more than half, but whatever. Wow. Um, I don't know if you were going to
2: mention it as well, but I did see that uh, they were saying that uh, if they weren't able to salvage any deals, that uh, the NHL uh, sour cap wouldn't be seeing a raise either.
0: Yep, because again, they're expecting that as revenue, and that's the yep. same thing. while they're talking about with the NBA, potentially, yep. and just again the long-term implications this is going to have mm-hmm. across all of again sports, and just like people, like it's going to be, it's going to really hurt teams because like players are still going to want to get paid what they're expected to pay. They're not going to get uh, care. Um, you know, that the salary cap isn't going up. They're like, this is my market value. Well, how do you know that's the market value? Because of what happened last year? Well, things have changed, right? Yeah. You know, like, we don't don't have the revenue coming in.
2: So, you know, it's just like, it's just like any other, you know, uh, you know, uh, Joe out there working a job, you know, if the company you're working for is not bringing in the revenue like they were last year, well, guess what? You're probably not going to get much of a raise this year. That's how it goes, you know? Right. And unfortunately, it looks like if they lose a steal, it's just the way it goes, you know?
1: Well, now think about uh, what kind of difference this will make, too, like in MLB. So, most Mm -hmm. of the teams that have their, if they, like the Yankees, got their own sports network and stuff, they're fine. That's true. They're already rich. They're going to get richer. Yeah. It's going to make (laughs) any team that. (laughs) Is doesn't have money that is, has a RSN, like mm. they're gonna be really not able to afford anything. <laughs> like yeah. basically, your powerhouses might just become even more powerhouse. Like start thinking about like EPL type disparity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well,
0: you know the funny <laughs> thing about that OJ is it. What it reminds me of it reminds me of our conversation like two podcasts ago about the nil uh, nil deals where essentially the power five conferences, the big schools, the power five conferences can just buy players to come play for them. in college football and they're like, Oh, the N ideals are going to help balance the scales. No, it's not it's going to do the exact opposite of what you're expecting to do. And I feel like that could definitely in baseball, since there is no salary cap, that can mm-hmm. definitely be the case.
1: Yeah. Although I would point out one thing that's interesting to note, we'll have to see if this keeps being like this, but Mizzou did get like, two former five-star receivers in the transfer portal this year that both came from bigger programs. Like, I think one was, like, Oklahoma. One was uh, – I forget the other one. But, like, yeah, because I guess they weren't getting as much playing time. Playing there. time. They came yeah. to Mizzou, and, we of course, we lost our best receiver. It was probably the best one. We would rather have him love it to uh, – uh who was it? Georgia. Uh, Georgia, yeah. So, that sucks. But we were also able to then poach another couple – really good receivers so yeah you know it can maybe maybe it'll work differently than we expect that's all i'm saying
0: no and, and i that's the hope right you know it, that's the hope and that there's got to be there's got to be some ba- uh checks and balances though if that makes sense yeah. because like in a sense there it's it's very much like baseball there is no salary cap obviously in college sports so again a team that has a very wealthy Alumni group can just go out and be like, hey, we'll sponsor you, you know, $20 million to come play for us a year for this last season or whatever. And they can pretty much just start right. buying championships. And that's what people accuse the Yankees of doing all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So and definitely the Dodgers and probably the Padres and maybe even the Mets. Now. The, the the list is uh,
1: kind of yeah, high now. Padres, well, they, I was there's a lot of teams that think they can we'll see what happens yeah I was gonna say,
2: i'm just saying it's yeah. not like the yankees have been buying any any uh championships uh the past decade or plus so I'm just saying
1: not for lack yeah. of trying <laughs>
0: yeah. there you go true so um well let's uh yeah it's going to be interesting to, to see what ends up happening here with diamond sports um Hopefully, we can get some solution. Just even as a fan, I really don't want these to go to the MLB Network, MLB. I agree. uh, Or, excuse me, NHL Network, uh, NBA Network, and all that. stuff. I don't want it to go to that. But there's really, that's kind of like the only solution we have right now. Unless the the Cardinals, you know, unless our teams, because, you know, screw everybody else, so to speak. But unless, you know, the St. Louis teams can figure out a different avenue. You know what I mean? But I I don't know what that looks like right now. And also, just want to make one last point on this,
2: is I'm also concerned, and I'm not sure how this is going to impact them as well, but I really don't want to go the way of some of these streaming apps like Apple, just because from a broadcasting perspective, it was god-awful. Like, it was so cringy. Uh,
1: I actually thought that... I did like the production quality, maybe not the announcers.
2: I just hated the announcers. That's my point. I I, hated their announcers. They sucked. It looks pretty, but the freaking announcers suck that's my point i yeah. i would rather have you know like our announcer use you know like
1: yeah
2: uh, that's, hey, i'll that's, give
1: you that i yeah. just yeah no, i can so just I really hope
2: that we stuff. don't miss out on that i mean obviously we just signed uh you know uh carry so we'll see hopefully chip will uh you know work out and it'll all work out for us but i just want to make that point that uh you know I, I hope that we don't lack out or, you know, it, that also is a, a lacking quality of going forward is that we'll have some really shitty, um, you know, quality broadcast as well. Cause that'll just make it miserable.
1: Yeah. yeah true.
2: Cause honestly, I just want to mute the freaking Apple broadcast. So I'll watch it <laughs> and then I'll just listen to it on the radio or something, you know,
1: that's so. what I do. I mean, <laughs> yeah, for
2: real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway,
0: well, uh, speaking of broadcasters, I guess we need to bring up a very sad note. Uh, so today um, we lost a Cardinal Hall of Famer in Tim McCarver. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know um, what Tim did, obviously he was a broadcaster with us for a little bit, um, but he did a lot of the World Series with uh, with Joe Buck. and I, I can't remember how many in a row they did. Uh, he did it with Joe Buck a lot, but he, he did a couple I, with Jack Buck too. He he did. I think
2: he ended up doing it from like I looked it up. Uh, from '96 to 2013, they were together. Yeah, they were broadcasting together. He called 23 World Series, 20 All Star Games. Uh, won the Ford C Frick Award for broadcasting in 2012, and was inducted into the Sports uh, Broadcast Hall of Fame in 2016. He's also won three Sports Emmys during his career as well. So not only in the broadcast booth, but like you said. Whenever he was behind the plate for the Cardinals, um, you know he was a catcher for us uh, for twelve seasons. Yeah. You know, um, that's
1: what I would lead with. He caught.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. We, a lot on, of people
0: think that, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot yeah of I was going to get to that point because people forget that. Well. Okay, so people, like, that are, you know, our group and our age, they're not going to – they weren't alive for when you won a World Series. Sure. They so attribute him like as a
2: broadcaster, were, for sure, more so than that. Yeah, exactly.
1: But, yeah. I mean, Bob Gibson is that legendary, like, even for people our age. like that is well, Bob very Gibson much, uh, was, but <laughs> – at the front of our mind. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Bob and Gibson was That's what – I mean, personally, <laughs> I liked him because, like, I'll take – I love sitting there and listening to old timers talk about playing, especially when they're you're talking about playing with like some of the greats of all time, like Bob Gibson and stuff. Like I like hearing those stories. I mean, yeah, I can sure, see dude. what's going um, on on the field. I don't need a guy to be like, you know, you know what I mean? Like,
0: but, uh, no, I totally, I totally, yeah, I totally understand that. Right. And again, that's kind of what I was getting to. Cause here's the thing that most people definitely don't know about him. Um, is that he actually was the runner up for the NL MVP award in 67. Um, which many people don't know as a catcher. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy that he, yeah. he, got, he was, he finished second and MVP voting in the 67 season did not get into the hall of fame. Although that being said, he is a catcher and it's very hard to get in as a catcher.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I I don't overall, the, was, the offensive numbers really, he was more of a defense first guy. I think. Uh, right? oh. Overall, career wise, uh, he had an on base
2: percentage of uh, 337 and an OPS of 725.
1: Well, that's stellar for a catcher, actually. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I don't that's know what if I'm it's the fan I mean, We're is, used to a defensive catcher.
2: I would take that in a heartbeat here in St. Louis yeah, right now. No, absolutely. <laughs> 645 I mean, really, career RBIs and 97 home runs.
1: That has to career. be yeah, like, actually above average for a catcher. I would right. say, in, yeah.
0: in <laughs> the in the area that he was a catcher, there was only they they showed the like when I was doing some research on it, they, there was only three catchers that had better offensive numbers than what okay. McCarver has. But two of them, and I don't remember their names, so I apologize. But two of them had injury problems though through their career. McCarver was very sturdy. So yeah,
3: yeah.
0: So he's yeah. one. He World also, by the way, with, too. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, in, in one of those World Series, Adam, as you're about to bring up, in sixty the 64 uh, mm-hmm. uh, series in Game 5, it was mm-hmm. an extra inning in home run that yep. broke that uh, tie and put us ahead, obviously, uh, in Game 5. So, it, you know, it really helped. Uh, he was a, definitely a World Series hero, at least for that game. Absolutely. Uh, for he sure. Was the, he yeah. was the David Freeze at the time, I guess,
2: right? <laughs> right, yeah. Of his <laughs> day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, On for he,
0: Steve Carlton as well, like, you know, for the Phillies for a while.
2: Other Hall of Fame pitcher. So not only was he remembered, obviously, he was, uh, an amazing catcher and offensive, uh, catcher and also, uh, where renowned broadcaster as well. So he, he retired. Well, I was going to say he retired from baseball, I think back in 1980, uh, and then started going into broadcasting, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: And then yeah, uh, he was in
0: the Philly uh, Philly broadcasting for quite a while. Then yep. obviously, you started picking up the national spotlight for, with Joe Buck and stuff. And obviously, uh, as you said earlier, he called 23 World Series in a row. And then he stopped and then actually came back for select games for the yeah. Cardinals yeah. Uh, for broadcasting. That. And then up until actually, not, all
2: new, all, not all that long ago, remember? Right? 20 like years back.
0: Because of yeah. COVID. Yeah. That makes and sense. Of that, uh, because of the, the health concerns, and he decided not to come back in 21 after gotcha. that yeah so yeah, he so was obviously getting up there and he was starting to decline in health a little bit as well from what his doctor was saying or whatever sure. what i read at least um, yeah very sad for, for
2: sure another another great cardinal great yeah. uh mlb great and broadcasting great uh gone so i i was gonna say very iconic voice and iconic catcher mm-hmm. tim mccarver
0: and so i got I tell you guys, like what still gets me like goosebumps to this day was the two thousand and eleven World Series when he said to like it was during um during like the little trivia game, you know they always do like in the sixth or sixth or seventh inning or whatever. and they're like what was the last like walk off home run game that would led us to game seven or whatever? And um, I can't remember the like the game of the year, obviously, for the trivia answer, but it Tim McCarver says to to Joe, And he goes, oh, I remember that game. I called that game with your father. And he's like, really? And, you know, Joe's like, really? And he's like, yep. And he said, we will see you tomorrow night. And he goes, (laughs) really? That's what he said. He goes, yep, we will see you tomorrow night. And then Freeze hits that home run and Jack Buck or Joe Buck says, we will see you tomorrow night. I still get goosebumps from that because I don't think people fully connect the two dots together. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I I certainly didn't. I, I remember that call, obviously, from Joe Buck we will see you tomorrow night but i did not know it was a callback to jack because i had yeah. the game recorded back in 91 and like, apparently yep uh i have the game recorded and it's on my hard drive i listened to it one time and just like watched it you know kind of in the background as i was doing something and i remember that coming up and i'm like you gotta be kidding me that's so freaking cool i did not know that yep um but oh, it really? still gives me chills you know yeah, yeah
1: the, I knew it at the time—the Kirby Puckett one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Kirby Puckett <laughs> home run <I> <laughs> game
2: sick of the '91 World Series. Yeah, you dude. See, we will see you tomorrow night.
1: It's and, one of Jack's uh, greatest calls.
2: Yeah, and then, and then Joe ended up, uh, bringing it back. You...
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Beautiful. Yes, indeed. So it's uh definitely a loss for sure, and um. You know, that guy, the other thing about, uh, you know, McCarver, he's, he, he, guy was so analytical, you know, like he could just, you know, (laughs) I think somebody said, uh, uh, (laughs) he was talking about, he was kind of getting aggravated or whatever. You know, he's like, you know, the thing is about McCarver is like, you ask the guy, you know, Hey, Tim, what, what time is it? And instead of telling you the damn time, he would tell you like how the damn watch works and everything about it. Like the, the, every little damn detail he was so analytical and so damn detailed about everything you know that was one of his uh, it was
0: the it was a Tolkien of yeah. of uh being an analyst apparently yeah yeah
2: Or yeah so to speak you know he he knew everything he knew everything when it came to it you know if you asked his opinion about it he'll give you the whole backstory included
1: right gotta show your work
2: you damn right yeah. he was right afraid of it. exactly
0: yep so You'll certainly be missed. For sure. All right, guys. Well, let's transition here to uh, some uh, excitement now. Um, The XFL starts in literally, what, two days? Uh, Um, The the 19th. Three it was, Sunday,
2: Sunday, Sunday. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm what? talking. Uh, I'm thinking the Battle Hawks, but you're. Right. Yeah, I think that there's yeah. a couple, couple uh, games on Saturday. You're right. Yeah. Oh, Saturday. Yep. so wait, Battle, Battle Hawks, Hawks play, play this Sunday? Let's they, go. Sunday, they do. We. Ha- I was gonna say NFL wrapped up. Now it's XFL season. So finally here can we go.
1: watch some football. It's been a while <laughs> since college ended, so now I finally get to watch them again.
2: Yeah, Vipers and Renegades kick it off on Saturday, apparently. No, I'm
1: not going to watch the freaking Vipers. They're terrible. I was going to say, you'll have to wait
2: till Sunday then They're and watch asking. us in San Antonio. Well, I hate the Vipers.
1: One. They're the worst. They're the worst.
2: <laughs> or you could watch Orlando at Houston uh,
1: that evening. Oh, maybe you have to do that. There you go. So did you guys know that we have a Jennings on our team who is a wide receiver?
0: Is his first name Greg, and he's going to put the team on his back with a broken leg?
1: No, his first name is Gary. Gary Jennings. <laughs> oh, okay. Gary <laughs> Jennings Jr. It. He pushed so the it's, camp. It's, I'm, it's... I'm Gary Greg Jennings. <laughs> 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 Apparently he's from West Virginia. That's where he came from. Gary Jennings, number 12. So uh, he's got there a good go. number there. Hopefully he'll be able to All do
2: right. something. During his career, he played 50 games, 22 starts, 168 receptions for 2,294 yards and 17 touchdowns. In when he played for See, West it, Virginia. It's,
0: it's interesting, guys. Well, so Obviously, in this segment, I really want to do like a deep dive into the roster. And so you're starting to bring some of this stuff up. Dude, I, I'm really excited about our wide receiver group for the Battle Hawks. Yep. I mean, yeah. Like, yep. You look so pretty stacked, honestly. I'm thinking
2: from my analysis here, so obviously uh, McCarron, uh AJ McCarron, obviously is going to be our our starter and primarily, you know, mm-hmm. uh who you're going to be seeing on the field and some of his wide receivers and who to be kind of like key targets for him. I've been hearing a lot about Marcel Aitman. Um he's mm-hmm. a receiver, you know, veteran receiver uh, with some sense in the, in the state, NFL. State, yep. Yeah, with yep. uh, the Raiders and the Cardinals. And, you know, apparently he's got, uh, apparently, yeah, apparently a reliable target. He's caught a for
0: him. He, he caught a touchdown. He caught a touchdown with the Raiders. I mean, he had 270 yeah. yards, 20 catches. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he got some, some catches, obviously, the yards not there, but he got a touchdown. Um, to, but what I was referring to, sorry, uh, was the Oklahoma State. He played there all four years. Actually, he was a redshirt, uh, redshirted his senior year because of uh of injury but he started as a true freshman but he finished with 13 touchdowns and 2400 yards receiving yeah. in those 4 years which is pretty good yeah
2: yeah yeah that is pretty good overall the four you know his senior year he actually you know uh obviously he that was when he played a full season but uh you know in that season overall he had uh, almost 1200 yards and uh eight touchdowns so not bad
1: Bad yeah. all. Uh, not, bad at all. not bad for yeah, an XFL, seen, I
2: mean, obviously. So, you know, compared to some of the other teams that I've been looking at, you know, i say that we have a, a fairly strong roster comparably. You know what I mean?
0: I think so as well. Um, you know, when I, I took a look again, like another receiver I saw was Jamarcus Bradley. <laughs> yeah. um, 23, uh, twenty three fifty nine yards in four years. He played for Louisiana, so the, uh, the Raging Cajuns. Um, down there he but he had 23 touchdowns in four years you know so 23,059 uh, yards is not like stellar um, but it's not terrible obviously it's not stellar but 23 mm-hmm. yards or 23 touchdowns is pretty good he did play I have some NFL experience with nine catches and 124 <laughs> yards I know that's not great but the thing about it is pretty much anybody you get on this team especially the XFL if they have any experience in the NFL you know they can do it you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, so, <laughs> I know you mentioned it uh, before, but we have uh, Austin Prohl, of course. Did you happen to see son, what he's bitch. wearing? He's wearing number it's 13. Ple- number 13. <laughs> <laughs> number
0: 13, interesting. Kurt's number, uh, right? Kurt's number, Right. Kurt told number, yeah. right. I thought, I, yeah, wasn't he wearing his dad's number when he was playing for the Vipers uh, last time the XFL was coming around?
1: I don't know. I'm just seeing what he's got now. Gotcha. I lost it. Oh well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. But yeah, I mean, obviously, um, yeah, as you said, we did t- uh, talk about him. Uh, I think our receiver group is going to be extremely deep. Our so we you already, uh, Adam, you talked about Aitman. I just mentioned Bradley. OJ, you just talked about uh, Ricky our Ricky Pearl son, Austin Pro. I almost said Ricky Pro, but <laughs> Austin Pro. Um, he who most likely will be our slot receiver. Um, but we also have Darius shepard um he has 20 uh 2800 y- uh, yards for north Dakota state he played there for all four mm-hmm. years 20 touchdowns um didn't have really any experience um in the um in the NFL, but he was on practice teams a lot um and a lot of analysts were saying that he couldn't believe that he would, like wasn't called up at all but you know sometimes it's just what happens you get roadblock and stuff like that but maybe yeah. you know these these four receivers we just mentioned <clears throat> can make a name for themselves in the XFL. Um, um, Harkeem. Wh- go ahead. I was going to mention
2: also Harkim Butler as well. Um, he's going to be playing uh, with us, and he, he apparently played for uh, Iowa State uh, for a while, and it uh, looks like over three seasons he averaged uh, almost 2,200 yards um, and 18 touchdowns as well. So.
0: Yeah, pretty decent numbers. Yeah, the, and he the actually one thing was that's originally gonna,
2: drafted to the Cardinals as well back in 2019, the fourth round. So,
0: the one thing that's going to really suck about this is like you know when breakout stars happen in the XFL that they're, they're going to get picked up for options in the NFL. I mean that's sure. part of the reason why the XFL contracts are going to be like set the way they are. The good news is there's going to be no overlap, right? So it's not going to be, you know, the, if they are on contract for this season they have to finish this season before they Mm -hmm. go into any practice squads and stuff like that. So even if like, you know, opening like the training camps open, stuff like that for the NFL, they would have to miss those if they're into the playoffs and so on and so forth, which I think they would want to do anyways. And to me, the way I look at it is this kind of, this is the way I
2: look at it, per se, because I still think the NFL is primarily going to be recruiting on a colleges for sure.
3: Yeah, and to exactly. me,
2: I think a lot of these guys are going to be sort of the, I mean, I hate to say it, but some of the rejects, so to speak, or some of the guys that maybe got sure. drafted, but then they got dropped, but it gives them sort of an option to continue playing. Um, or even some of these guys, you know, to kind of retire from too, depending we'll see, you know, but.
1: Well, yeah, it gives them a win. chance to grow and develop and for sure. You- yeah, I mean, obviously so we'll they're see. all gonna have goals to get back into the NFL.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. There might, and we have actually seen, uh, in fact, the last, uh, uh, the last, you know, little stint of the XFL, the all what four games or whatever that uh, they got to play. Um, who was it that our uh, our kicker uh, for the Battle Hawks last time? Oh my God, I don't remember. <laughs> um, hey, hey, hey. uh, Russelino, Taylor Russelino. Um, anyway, I think he ended up going and actually getting recruited as well, um, if I remember right, uh, by uh, by the Broncos. I mean, I don't think it was much of an extent, you know, too much of a stint with them. But I remember him oh, and yeah. uh, his big fan is still there. Yeah. And obviously, but I think they were pricking him up, at least to be on the practice squad. And then also uh, Tamu as well, Jordan. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Tamu. And I think he ended up going to KC for like, at least for the practice squads. So, anyway, but now he's back in the XFL. uh, Unfortunately, not with us, which kind of sucks. Unfortunately, now he's with uh,
0: Tampa Bay. So, oh well. But so another area I think of strength for this uh, Battle Hawks roster is our running back situation. Um, When you when I take a look at this, it's, it's it's. it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do, at least in the top ends of the running backs. I think we have like six on the roster, mm-hmm. um, but we have uh, Mateo uh, Durant. Uh, mm-hmm. Rushed for a total of 2,058 yards for in two Duke. years at Duke. Uh, but yeah, he scored 15 touchdowns. He won the team MVP and in, uh, in 2020 and set a single season rushing record of in du- uh, for Duke. Excuse me in 21. Um, and we also have Brian Hill, who's actually from East St. Louis, um, 4,287 yards in three years, 35 wow. touchdowns as well in those three years. He was uh, in, in 2015, so he's a little bit older, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in 2015, he was named a finalist for the Doak Walker Award. If anybody doesn't know what that is, that is the best running back in college football. He played for Wyoming. So that's pre- that's saying a lot, you know what I mean, to be a finalist at Wyoming for a running back award. Um Right. and he also holds the uh, the the single se- a single season rushing record if for Wyoming as well. Jeez. So we got a couple of uh, records. Yeah, he's, highs here, he's legit.
2: Yeah. I'm looking at these stats on this dude and he he's legit for real. Yeah.
0: Yep. And uh, either of these guys were able to make an impact really on the uh, NFL stage. They were on practice squads quite a bit mm-hmm. and stuff. But as a running is running back you kind of need that either have it or don't you know what i mean like I, I don't know how else to explain it so it's like you get your opportunities or or you don't and it, it looks like these guys just didn't get the opportunities um such a pivotal sure. position um but um and there's not as many too you know there's only one running back on the field most of the time where there could be three to four wide receivers depending on the offense and stuff like that so yeah. so our receivers have that that NFL experience but you know, running backs are definitely not going to have as much opportunity, so to speak. But uh, they say that um, Mateo Durant is more of like a North and South runner. So he's going to be more of a like a pound, uh, like a, you know, just go for it and pound guy, but can make some moves and stuff like that. But uh, so they uh, compared him to Bradley Chubb. Um, and then they compared Brian Hill as like a Latavius Murray. So a guy that actually is a pretty decent catcher as well. Um, and can be a nice change of pace because he's a little bit more of lateral movement and speed, which I think is going to be really fun to see the creativity um for the XFL rules and stuff like that. But I think that's really nice to have, right? You know, you have your your bowling ball of a running back, but then you have like a guy that can go out there and make some moves as, you know, kind of like your slot receiver that can also run the ball effectively and you know, hit a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm I'm excited about our running back situation as well. Um, And I did take a look even deeper to that and took a look at some of the stats. There's not that many of them out there, uh, unfortunately. But I did take a look for our uh, offensive line as well. And these guys, they're not small. Uh, The XFL last time was around the offensive line, actually, even really the defensive line guys. There's only a few of them that were considered to be like NFL size. Mm -hmm. Um, These guys, Like, uh, Shay Carpenter, he's 6'7 and is like 320 or something like that. Like, the guy's a monster. (laughs) Jawan Bushel
2: Beatty is 6'6 and 315. There you go. Jesus Christ. Well, you know, and we're going to have to have guys like that if, uh, you know, with with McAaron, you know, always usually in the pocket. We're going to need to have, you know, some big ass offensive linesmen for sure, uh, to keep
0: him. They're hog mollies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, every one of these dudes are gonna... like three thirty, every fucking one of them down here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're, and they're stating too that this is going it, potentially, and this is just what um, some of the, at least from like what I saw from analysts and stuff like that said, this might be the best offensive line in the XFL because again they are guys that can just win on just pure size alone, not strength, but just size like of their bodies. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're not Jared Jones Smith, six
2: seven. And 295.
0: Wow. Mm. I mean, these these guys are big dude. They're huge. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see too. Uh, Steven Gonzalez, who actually is from Penn State, he was our 23rd uh, pick in the 36th round. Um, he uh, Steven Gonzalez, so he played for Penn State uh, all four years. He's six four. He plays the guard position mo- uh, mostly, but he also has some experience with the Bills. So the Bills, couple of years ago had some offensive like uh line issues he didn't actually get to play but he did uh, get some reps with josh allen as quarterback in the practice squad um so i read a little bit about that's him cool. uh with that but he ended up like the, essentially when the lineman was able to come back right before game day but he was ramping up to get his first start um so that that's cool you know that again that at least we're going to put him in a high profile offense like that mm-hmm. um i like that a lot so we'll see. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and then we also have a former XFL center, too, and John Toth. Um, and I think we also – what's uh, the uh, the Dixon guy? I'm trying to remember his – oh, Deshaun. Yeah, Deshaun Dixon. He's from uh, uh, San Diego State. Yeah, Sega, San Diego State, 6'5". And he's apparently one of the stronger guys that the XFL has to offer right now according to their draft – um, like their drafts, uh supplements, you know what I mean, from like yeah. the NFL draft and the Columbine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Looking at our so tight I'm ends. excited. Yeah, go
2: on, go on. Well, I was just going to mention looking at our tight ends. It looks like uh, Jordan Thomas might be uh, making the start there for us um, of the three that we have, and it looks like uh, at where'd he go? Mississippi State.
0: Let's see. Um, yeah, you're talking about Thomas. Yeah, he went to Mississippi State, but I yeah, think it's actually Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith apparently um, it, it was drafted before him. And there's not much about Jalen Smith. He played for Louisville. I didn't even see any stats or anything like that that I could find online. And he's only 6'2, which kind of seems pretty small for a tight end, right? You kind of want to be like 6'5, 6'6 in that area typically. But the dude ran a four four seven forty, and he's got a vertical of 44.5. Is he still with the Battle Hawks? Talking about Jalen Smith? Yeah. I believe so. It shows him on the roster. Is he wait?
2: Okay, maybe they re picked him back up because apparently uh they placed him on a reserve list and I thought that the Seahawks picked him up or whatever. Or maybe they took
0: him back. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, so no no no. So um the Seahawks uh, don't have him anymore, if I remember correctly. They 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 we drafted him and they picked him up and then they released him. So it means he's coming back oh, to,
2: to the back. I yeah. gotcha. And so is he uh to so be one of our wide receivers?
0: No, no, no. So he played wide receiver, but they are going to put him into a tight end position. Really? Okay. Because I'm reading online that he's a wide receiver for the Battlehawks. Hawks. Okay. Yes, he's a wow. he's a wide receiver was actually drafted as a tight end, which is very interesting. Very interesting ah. to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. You have some more breaking news than I do. I have I have I have not
0: seen this yet. Yeah. So, but yeah, they, so we, we drafted him, um, in, uh, 2000 or, er, uh, uh, November 17, uh, 22, obviously, uh, we were placed, uh, he was placed on the reserve list after mm-hmm. signing with, uh, the, the practice squad. It was activated, uh, off the, that list after being released because in December mm-hmm. 15, uh, de- December 15th, uh, the Seahawks signed him to the practice mm-hmm. squad. He was released December 17th. So, he was only on the, the practice a, squad for two days.
2: February 9th, he's apparently been placed on the reserve list.
0: Oh, again? Apparently. Oh, I'm, hmm.
2: apparently.
0: it's nothing that I found on online for the Seahawks. I just
2: team, was on uh, uh, com. They're, they're announcing that apparently he's been put on the reserve list for the Battlehawks as of February the 9th. I don't
0: know. Does it say, like, what team he's going towards or whatever? Because uh, that, that kind of makes sense.
2: It says like, that – yeah, go ahead. But, uh, I was just apparently saying, like, he went to, to – uh, apparently he was signed to the Memphis showboats on the, ex, uh, the USFL, apparently.
0: Oh, okay. So that would make a little bit more sense, I guess, um, because the USFL, I think, is – isn't that still going on?
3: Let me take a look. You can tell no one watches the USFL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. oh, they start I, I was, in April. So is that what happened? Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: They start in April and they go all the way into June, I think. Yeah, June. Okay. Well,
2: apparently that's the, at least the latest that I, I I'm reading here. I just pulled this
0: up. Um, Which TV is he going to uh, go to? the memphis showboats Showboats. No yeah apparently there's a memphis I was showboats. trying to yeah, i was trying to look up to see if he's on their roster i'm sure he is but
3: it's weird their website is kind of odd
2: <laughs> yeah i'm trying to find it as well it's like you can tell that apparently they're not a super professional organization because their sites like kind of kind of janky. So huh.
0: yeah, so I'm like looking at it. Okay, wide receivers. He's not listed as a wide receiver there. Huh. He's not listed as a tight end either. Oh, that's kind of odd. Well, if you Google huh.
2: uh, Jalen Smith, Memphis Showboats, you should be able to find a few articles there. Just FYI, apparently, yeah, no he's, apparently this is breaking news right here on the Hometown Losers. Yeah, it's
1: a shame that uh, it's a podcast, so you can't really <laughs> break it. <laughs> exactly. By the time anybody Previously listens, will On the
3: Hometown
2: Losers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Funny. We We interrupt um, this broadcast. <laughs> We, undergr- we interrupt this podcast.
1: <laughs> Very anyway. interesting for
0: sure. There but, you go. Uh, yeah, so take a look at the uh, defense here too. Um, we have a few people I think that potentially can win us some trench battles. I um, mean, we, we seem to be a little bit, I think, smaller compared to some of the other teams. But we seem to have a lot of, I would say more, it's kind of sound bad, but I guess more like knack players. Um, so like, uh, look London, um, apparently has a real knack for like being able to get fumbles. He played for, uh, Western, uh, Western Illinois. And when he played for him, he was able to force 17, uh, uh, fumbles, which is quite a bit. <laughs> um, so yeah. as, especially as a lineman, you know what I mean? Um, yes. now granted you're playing for Western Illinois, obviously, but it, it's still, so the kind of level of competition is not going to be great, but that's still going to be, you know, being able to get something, especially up the middle of it. And so if we can stop the run and be able to strip the ball, then we're going to be able to do kind of whatever, whatever we want. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then I think they said, yeah, Kevin Atkins out of Fresno state is going to be our defensive. Like if they say tackle. I think he's going to be moved to like an end because he played mostly defensive end. Oh, well, no. Okay. So he played in and tackle for Fresno state. Um, but he can uh, get after the quarterback, man, 17 and a half SX for a career at Fresno. That's pretty damn good. Um, you know, for a college, it's not like, you know, ridiculous numbers per se, but it translates to an average NFLer. you know what I mean? For being able to get after the quarterback for a span of four years, at least. Right. Cause you gotta think like if he's, Getting there, he, he's getting home. That's more than four sacks a year. That's pretty productive. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he, yeah, he also had 146 tackles and was able to pluck up the, plug up the works. Or hold on, no, that's hold on. Read my note. wrong? That's actually Robinson. I was about to say I didn't think his numbers were high. Glenn Robinson out of Purdue had 146 uh tackles and is considered a run stopper from the edge. So. But I think that we have um, quite a few people. We have the younger guys that are, came from our supplemental draft. Um, there's a the guy with a first name of Freedom, by the way. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his last name. Aiken Muladon. Aiken Muladon. Mokulon. Yeah. 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 Freedom Akin Muladon. Um, he played at uh, Nebraska. And he's actually um, pretty much coming straight from Nebraska. To Born Alaska's. in Grandview, Missouri. <laughs> right there in Casey. But did also uh want to point out too, so I'm gonna go to the defensive backs, but Channing uh uh yeah, Channing, not Tatum, but Channing Stribbling, he played in Michigan. <laughs> um, he is a defensive back, so he <laughs> um and uh one second here. I'm trying to like reread this because I was I saw something that shows that he led yeah, so Channing St- uh, uh, Stribling led the league last year of the USFL with six interceptions. So, you I mean, again, a guy that can get after the ball a little bit.
1: So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly yeah. going to be interesting to watch this team. So, I was yeah, dom- so. oh, yeah. looking forward to it. Uh, Say I, a- oh. I hope the dome gets super loud again.
0: Oh I, I guarantee you it's going to be loud and it will be a lot of F stan Kronkies going around <laughs> let me tell you I yes.
2: think the last I checked uh there was only like 1100 seats available like single game tickets for the home opener and on week 4 so there's still time let's sell out the dome okay.
3: open
0: open the upper deck I and mean, I will be there and we just picked our game day experience so I'm I'm excited yes. I will be, be I will be on the field. I will be there with the
2: players. I will be uh, just chilling. Uh, yeah, I'll be super VIP. I'll be there at the I'm victory. I'm going to show parade. my skills. So yeah,
0: I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm going to show them my skills. So I'm probably going to end up getting drafted by More them. More than likely. So, yeah, I was going to say so. <laughs> there you go. I can so, be an excellent water boy for them. Let me tell you, okay? Yeah. So I got that skill down pat gonna say if they're uh... dream, <laughs> dream to play the yeah, my, 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 I'll be a seat warm. Yeah, my, for exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. It's always been my dream to be a battle hawk. This, <laughs> this team's only been around for like what a few months. Exactly, I haven't had a long life before fulfilling one.
2: <laughs> I will say so, that man. there are some great. I don't know if anybody out there is, you know, a part of the uh, the the, the Battlehawk Hawk uh, fan groups or whatever, but there's a few. And anyway, some of the guys really have been having fun with, you know, the stories of, you know, back in the 1967 World Championship at the Battle Dome, you know, and they're having all these ridiculous stories, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they're talking about, uh, you know, way back when, since we're, you know, the you know our 13 title scents and everything else, yeah. So hey, not why not live a little bit. So have some fun. So yeah, I sweet. definitely think so. Like, I demand I mean, if we win, fun. I demand yeah. a parade down Market Street. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: Yes. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. So because uh, you know, obviously, Adam, you and I went to the KC um, Super Bowl celebration, and I'm sitting there going, "It's gonna be is would they have something like that for the XFL?" You you and if they ready. do. How
1: awkward is it going to be? Because I don't know how many people are going to be there. Oh, you know what I mean? They better show up. Did they try to have a parade in St. Louis for something a Kansas City team won? Get the fuck out of here.
2: No, it was in Kansas City.
1: T- oh, okay. I thought you guys were yeah. talking about in St. Louis. I was no, like, no, 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 no,
2: no, aw. no, 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 it was the Super Bowl parade with, you know, the whole. Yeah, we, Kansas we went State. to Casey and we drove. Yeah, case. actually yeah, to the yeah, Super Bowl. That game. makes sense, yeah,
1: yeah. that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> St. Louis definitely would not have a parade for the Chiefs. <laughs> that yeah, would I was be weird. Saying, do you think,
0: that be like, hey, you know, like some no. people kind of support you, but, yeah, no, but we don't have any
2: happening. of the players, nor do we have, you know, any of them here, but we'll still
0: have a parade.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was in a deer and I saw they had Kansas City Chiefs balloons up and I wanted to just pop them. It's like, "Fuck."
0: Now, off. hold on, hold on, time out, time out. I I know this. Hold on, you can pop them, whatever. But this goes a little bit further into it, and you can still disagree with it. So the Deerbergs are K, like um, um. So uh, the da- the daughter for Deerberg, uh, Greg Deerberg is the, the 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 CEO now, right? Obviously, it's a family business. So Greg went to KU. His daughter went to KU. So obviously, um, there are more KC fans when it comes to football and they've been that way for a minute. So that's the reason why you're going to see in Deerberg's
1: just so you know, they yeah. out, that mm-hmm. shit out of St. Louis.
2: <laughs> I know, dude, I was trying to find a Casey hat to actually like wear to the game. Dude, no one had anything Casey at all, like anywhere. And then I sh- show up at like Petco today. And while I'm there, I'm like, Oh, okay. I show, I look everywhere for something cheese related and they have super bowl shirts for the damn dog, but nothing for the adults anywhere to be found. <laughs> so my dog can celebrate, but I cannot apparently. There you go. Ouch.
0: Yeah. You could have fit in.
2: It. you have been fine. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Because uh, I don't I know. I would have, that's I would a crop top, I guess. Huh. Uh,
0: excuse me. Do you have these in uh larger dog sizes? I mean, it is 2023, so you can just uh, be like, uh, did you assume that I'm a human? <laughs> I'm I'm a dog actually. I so I, say, I sometimes eat this in I've my been, size.
2: Sometimes I've been I felt like I've been a dog. i will have it be in the doghouse, so I get it.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> been like in the doghouse.
0: Yep. Oh well. <laughs> oh well, anyway. but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see uh here for the uh XFL and the season. Um I'm pretty excited for it. Um and maybe yeah. we'll have a watch party here, um, and you know, or something. Do something because I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun season, I believe. And OJ will be hanging out with us actually talking about football, and I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah. I'm excited, dude, because this dude is very good about talking about football. It's been a long time since I've heard, you know, conversations about football from him, so it'll be it'll be fun. Well, th- yeah. that wasn't
1: college football. That wasn't college football. I, I I think. Yeah, I hope yeah, they, yeah, I hope they track some uh, stats for this. It's a little harder to, you know, find stats usually for minor leagues and stuff. So exactly right oh, yeah. they steps. did an
0: okay job last year though um because like they had the xfl app um and they pretty much it was just set up like an espn app you know what i mean we're like here's the leaders and stuff like that Or actually better yet yeah. it, it'll set up very much uh, similar to like the NFL, uh, nhl app yeah they have the
2: xfl app actually i have it downloaded and it looks uh, like they're ready for it so it looks like they're ready I'm to so, go
1: i just don't have room on my phone for all these apps man well, <laughs> I need to get one with a bigger hard drive, I guess.
2: Yep, I'm going to have to upgrade.
1: Or they could just let me run apps from my SD card. <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, I guess. <laughs>
2: yeah. Or he'll just have to be XFL right. xfl.com. It's yeah. Exactly.
1: That's what I'm like or just just go there and
0: I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, hey, whatever. You well, do you, I mean, buddy.
1: I'm just talking about the app situation. Okay. Everything has to have an mm-hmm. app.
0: <laughs> that is true too. Cause it's, it's very similar it's, to what we were talking <laughs> about earlier in, in this podcast where everything is going to be like, it has their own like channel for streaming and shit. You know what I mean? It's like, right. whatever, literally everything does have an app. You're right though. You're absolutely right. Every sport,
2: every restaurant, every travel thing, every news thing, every shopping thing, every gas yeah. station, like, everything (laughs) you're right right. we
1: got one of those freaking uh amazon echo things yeah don't say that too loud
2: you're gonna you're gonna trigger it
1: well yeah but (laughs) you know what's stupid is in order to get full access to all the settings you have to do it through the app on the phone you can't even go to it in your browser on your computer you need the phone app it's so stupid sorry to get (laughs) (laughs) sidetracked
0: oh i mean it's all good (laughs) let out bro let it out
1: I hate that shit <laughs> yeah
0: it's
1: because they're you, probably selling they're probably just selling my data so they're like yeah we're gonna make you put um, shit." yeah <laughs> there's definitely
0: some data mining that's going on. i'm there, sure you know they
2: I mean, wouldn't yeah. be giving those things out for free or damn near free if they weren't right so exactly oh well. right. they know me more than i know myself at this point so
0: mm-hmm. yeah all righty well um again Exciting to see what the XFL is going to bring us here, but, um, you know, it's going to be very interesting. I'm excited here, but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get to the wrap up. Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, especially now that uh, the
2: season is over for the uh, NFL, um, I'm ready for some more football. So
0: why not?
1: Mm -hmm. Why not?
0: Well, let's get to a wrap up here and talk about the the Super Bowl champs uh, in the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and talk a little bit about the in the NFL wrap up. Almost at NHL for some reason. Uh, Sorry about that. But let's talk a little bit about that wrap up here. Obviously, the Chiefs are Super Bowl and World champions again. Yeah, let's go Chiefs. Let's go. Um, But I got I got to say this was a very like it was an entertaining game um you know as i said said to you before um you know outside the podcast during the podcast and everything i was super calm um about this i just had a feeling that we were going to win um so i was i was super chilled. And even when we were down by 10 <laughs> i was super chill and like <laughs> i was gonna say
2: you were chill i guess at the half whereas i was. think most of us were pretty nervous um at the half you know because at that mm-hmm. point uh you know yeah, we came out of the gates there and answered, you know, the uh the Eagles uh you know first drive uh touchdown and that was pretty impressive. I was like, holy crap, that just re- it felt like that was going to set the tone. It was like, all right, this is going to be a very high-scoring game. And then it seemed like we just well, unfortunately the Eagles just had possession So much longer than we did, you know, and that's, uh, you know, they a lot of the time they kept comparing on the broadcast. Oh, the Eagles have had it, you know, so much more, you know, so, uh, you know, a lot longer time. And, And I'm like, well, part of that is, too, is the fact that that's, you know, the Eagles, that's their playing style. You know, they're used to having these long runs and they're running the ball, whereas, you know, the Chiefs, well. Truth be told, we only need 14 seconds to to go back and score it, you know, just saying we Mahomes doesn't need, you know, a nine minute, uh, you know, drive to be able to score, you know, Um, and you could even tell that he was taking a toll on some of the guys um, that were, you know, after that long drive, they were they were. Yeah, on the offensive side, the the line, you know, the offensive line was was feeling some of that. Uh, because it was such a long drive. I mean, in the second quarter, uh, I think the Chiefs only had, you know, possession for just a few minutes. I mean, thankfully, we ended up with the, um, uh, you know, the, the the pick six there. Uh, so that was awesome. Scoop we, and score.
0: Least, it was an interception.
2: Yeah. scoop. Okay. It was a scoop and score. You're right. Yeah, scoop and score. score. Yep. You're right. Scoop and score. And um and so we had that. So that kept us in the game for sure. Um, but otherwise we didn't really come alive until the second half, really until the fourth quarter, really.
0: Yeah. And I definitely think that when you, when you, when you look at this, right, um, the chiefs got off to a very slow start, but I think that honestly the unsung hero here, um, n- not even on the field, cause I do want to talk a little bit about that, but I think that the unsung hero was Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, the defensive plan that he had, it, it, honestly, the defense that the Chiefs had was phenomenal. Yes, we did not. We only got the one sack. And it wasn't even really a, a legitimate sack. It was the strip sack by Nick Bolton, who actually got the touchdown, too, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so that counted it as, a sta- as a sack. It wasn't like a traditional sack, like, you know, tackling behind the line of scrimmage or anything like that. Um, but it still counts. Um, but our defensive game plan for stopping the run was phenomenal. And it's what we talked about um, last week in the podcast was that we had a very good run defense, but our, our secondary was really just not great. It just wasn't. Um, But really we were able to take that away from them. You know what I mean? On the receiving end. Um, They still had a hundred yard receiver. um, But a lot of that with AJ Brown was because that deep shot, a lot of mistakes were made McDuffie. Like McDuffie's, I hope he gets better. He's got a lot of talent, but in the past few games, he has looked like a, he's looked like a goldfish in a very, very, very big goal. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, He he just doesn't, doesn't seem to know where he's going sometimes. Um, And a lot of those plays were, you know, on McDuffie losing a coverage or slipping or whatever have you, but it was, it just didn't look great. Um, and it's, it's kind of hard to single out one person and say, you know, this is what called that, mm-hmm. but I really do believe the deep du- touchdown was a blown coverage by McDuff, uh, Duffy as well. McDuffie, yeah. Um, but you know, listen, it is, but it was a great ball by Jalen hurts. Um, and it was a good catch by Jay Brown, Good call, a uh, play call at that time as well. But we did a very good job of disguising blitzes and then, you know, blitzing well, um, I think a lot of that has to be attributed to Steve Spagnola. I mean, he had a phenomenal game plan that we were able to execute and then the offense was able to get it going as well later on in the second half. Right. Um, but Nick Bolton, I think also definitely deserved to be MVP. Uh, I love me some Patrick Mahomes, but I think even Patrick would say the same thing because just knowing how, you know, he is. For I sure. think that Nick Bolton, especially if that second scoop and score was not taken away, because the one there was that second one where it was a catch and it was a uh, a tackle by and the ball came loose and you know Bolton ran it in for a touchdown. If he gets a second scoop and score in that game, mm-hmm. there's no way he's not the MVP.
2: Yeah, right for no sure. He and and we and arguably it looked like it to me, you know that, um, you know at least initially that I thought it was
0: you know legit. So. Yeah, and like, and a lot of people, like even uh um, Rich Eisenhower said that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, yeah, that is that's a that, that's a sack or not a sack. I'm sorry, that's a fumble. Yeah. A football move. It's a fumble. It's a Bing Bing yeah. play. Fully yeah. totally understand. It's a fumble. Um, so again, I think that you know that goes a little bit into it as well, for sure. At least on my at my end of it. Yeah, there were- Um, that I think that he should have like Nick Bolton was an unsung hero for me. Um, And I really do believe that he should have been able to be even in the conversation for the MVP. But regardless, Mahomes was fantastic. The run that he had in the fourth quarter, when I I love the camera angle and the camera work that they showed on the broadcast with that, because you know he's running out. You can see him looking, 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 and then he looks at one specific spot, puts his tongue out, and just tucks and runs as hard as he can. He knows he's going to get hit, but he's leaving it all in the field. And obviously, you know, his ankle already got retwisted in that game. Mm-hmm. So he was in probably a considerable amount of, about of pain, but that is just his baller status. That is his legendary status. Like whatever you want to say to it, that means it's an MVP status. That yeah. for, for him to just tuck and run, knowing that he most likely is not getting into the end zone. He is going to get stopped, but he is going to put his t- the team on his back for a minute and just go do it. And that's an MVP you know, type run right there. For sure. It was phenomenal. Especially
2: Especially after he probably wasn't feeling all that great anyway, you know, after he put, you know, he potentially at least aggravated that, uh, his leg again, you know, um, I'm sure that he, but at that point, you know, you, you know, everything's on the line. So you, you, sh- he definitely showed up and like you said, put it all out there. So you just kind of put that in the back of your head and, and just focus on, you know, uh, staying in the game and,
0: and, um, like you said, putting it all out there. Yeah, and just try to do whatever you possibly can. Yep. Um. To to get the team, excuse me, in the in the right, you know, obviously the in the right way to be able to win the game in the right position sure. to be able to win the game. I think Absolutely. He, he did just that. You know? Yep.
2: And obviously they had a. Uh, I think the way they handled the fourth fourth quarter, you know, I was a little nervous, you know, on, from a time management perspective, going into that as well. Um, you know, cause Andy Reid has had a history, at least in the past, um, especially whenever, you know, he was coaching the Eagles that, uh, he, you know, he was a little sloppy with time management, but, uh, with, you know, managing the clock, but I have to say, I think they, they did a pretty good damn good job overall of, of running that clock. And, uh, obviously, you know, there was some controversy around that, uh, there, you know, certain play, which we'll bring up, but overall, I think that, um, the guys did a a great comeback and uh, it definitely huge team effort, you know, um, for everybody to, uh, to execute such a phenomenal fourth quarter for us.
0: Yeah. Listen, man, this is the thing that, that I look at. I was, I was a, I was a safety in high school, right. And this is just high school. Right. But, you know, I have a pretty good analytical mind. I can see things and, Understand and the game has changed completely from when I played it, you know, and obviously I never played at this level and stuff. But I could tell, even though the, the broadcast did not show it, that Juju smith Schuster was held and it wasn't the original, it wasn't what everybody saw. So what Greg Olson saw on TV saying, Oh, that that's nothing, right? And a lot of people are screaming saying that's nothing, you know, the game's rigged. Um, that, you know, the, the chiefs are getting, are paying the refs and all this crap again. And again, I'm just tired as a Chiefs fan. I'm just really tired of hearing that, but you know, it is what it is.
2: I know the thing about it
0: is Juju even said
2: he wants to move past it. I know he obviously, you know, came out on Valentine's day and tweeted some bullshit, but he's ready to move past it. The Eagle, you know, uh, uh, Bradbury, you know, uh, you know, he's ready to move past it. They're all like, okay, it, it happened. uh. But honestly, in my opinion, I just want to say I don't even think it was the worst call, you know, or or controversial call in the whole game. Honestly, you know, I think that on, to me, I think the, uh, the that scoop and score the second the second uh, one that uh, where they didn't rule a fumble. I thought that was more of a uh, of a controversial call more so than this, in my opinion. But it is what mm-hmm. it is. Because honestly, if you had that, you would have never even had this. This would have even been a question whether, you know, one way or the other at that point, you know, the game would have been pretty much uh, done, you know, because we would have been ahead by two possessions at that point. So,
0: yeah. And I think that, you know, for me, I think that you're, you're right. um, That there was, the calls kind of went back and forth, right. And even Greg Olson said at some point that Brad, Bradbury like, and I can't remember, but Bradbury got away with a hold. I think it was in the third quarter, but I can be wrong. Yep. He's like, oh, I think Bradbury got away with one there. And so For Bradbury, sure. well, there's twice, there was twice that they had said something that he got away with. it. There was another time that I thought that he was holding as well. Now, the, listen, this is, I'm not saying he's like, oh, that's all he does, right? No, 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 I'm not saying that. Like Bradbury played a very good game shutting down. And it's 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 basic stuff that happens. You know, DBs are going to hold and pull and tug, do whatever they can to get away with some stuff. But this one that he – this he one he caught. was caught on. But by the by the letter of the law, this was 100 percent holding. And again, now I think people – and it, it, this is what also irritates the living shit out of me if I can be completely honest and candid about it for a second. The game's on Sunday. It is now Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, by the way, it's Thursday. So four freaking days later, we finally get the other angle that shows that he was held at the line. Well, like, you know what? That's the thing is that people in the stadium
2: didn't even understand why there was even a controversy over it. That's the thing. They all saw the play unfold. Unfortunately, on TV, we didn't see that 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 true hold uh, that you're referring to until much later on. You know that that side angle. Truly, we only saw where it looked like his left hand was like kind of on his back. And they're like,
3: oh, that's no exactly. hole.
2: And I understand that wasn't really that wasn't a hole, but that wasn't where the hole came from. It was earlier in the play, and it was a tug by the right hand. It is obvious. And like they said, if you would have and been there,
0: what they would have seen it. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. And for me, like again, as as a former you know safety, as a former D back. Like, I saw this play. I, I saw what happened at the line, and immediately I said, yeah, he got held. And, you know, my cousin w- was there, and, you know, the, the flag got thrown after the fact or whatever. Yeah, it was a so delay. Like, oh, yeah, it was holding. It would definitely was delayed, right? Um, sure. But it came 100%, ahead. he was held at the line. Now, and so everyone's just like, well, he wouldn't have been able to catch the ball anyways. Listen, that that literally, the, the hold happened two seconds but before they- Mahomes even threw the ball. Yeah. So you don't know where the hell it was placed. He was throwing it in the direction of Juju Smith Schuster to get uh, to, to play the gamesman up. I was thrown to him and he hindered him from being able to to be able to get to the ball. Right. right. The inside the outside move at the line of scrimmage is extremely hard to defend. And that's exactly what he did. So to be able to gain leverage of him because he fit to the inside, he grabbed a hold to slow him down to it, did not allow a free outside release, especially because he knew he, Bradbury did not have safety coverage over the top. If he allows him to have that free safety release, Bradberry may or may not have been able to recover in time, and that could have been an easy touchdown from Mahomes to Juju Smith-Schuster.
2: And the other thing is, too, I guarantee you, if that flag would have came out sooner, like as soon as that, that hold would have actually been, you know, actually witnessed by the officials, if, the, if they would have came out and threw the flag, you know, before – Whenever they saw that, and before that, before Mahomes even threw the ball, or even potentially mid air per se, there would have never even been a question about it. But that's what I'm saying is that if they would have actually threw the flag at that point, I don't think we'd be talking about this at this point, honestly. You know what I mean?
0: And my thing about it is this: it, it, it's the thing about instant replay that we have to have as fans. We have to have in the game to make sure we get the call right. But yeah. also truthfully, it does kill uh, it kills the game a little bit because us as fans will immediately see it one way or the other, Oh, right? For sure. it, it's like clear as day for for a cheese fan, but it's clear as day that that was an incorrect call for an Eagles fan, and I totally get it, you know what I mean? Um, but it, like we 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 draw our conclusions so swiftly nowadays to like oh that was an incorrect call or, or like it didn't impact the play, so a lot of people are, are saying. You know, put the flag away. Just put it, put it back in your pocket. Okay, listen. If you're going to do that, and the, and the DBs know that yeah. they're going to do that. A they're going to do more. it all. The, of go- course, you have to have. They yeah, have rules for a reason.
2: Because they if they're yeah, not going to so, be called, then what's the point? Then they'll be holding all damn day. They, why wouldn't so they? What happened?
0: What happened to the Saints against the Rams that allowed the Rams to get to the Super Bowl a few years ago? You know, the Saint. It was a clear pass interference because the wide mm-hmm. receiver was wide open. He got beat. The Rams defensive back pushes the uh, the, uh, the the player that's trying to catch the ball, and no flag is thrown. Oh, but but they were just letting them play, right? Oh no, you you don't want that. You 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 find that wrong. Ooh, that's kind of interesting, right? So yeah. at some point, you can't have your cake and eat it too. They just need consistency, and the players need it to be consistent. And that's what they've said. They just won consistency. And I think that the, the reffing was consistent through the game for the most part. You know what I mean? Well, um, and, the, I, I, it, and there's also the controversial. Well, I should
2: say there was a call that was uh, questionable as well with, uh, uh, with Goddard as well, where he was juggling the ball before he had, had it. Uh, yeah, it got her to, anyway, he uh, uh, had the ball and, and truly as he was stepping or going towards, you know, going out of bounds, the the question was, is, did he have full possession and have, you know, one foot or two feet in? And technically, from what it I mean, it was very close one way or the other. It, from what it looked like, is it he truly caught it and then had one foot in. But there's no talk about any of that. You know, it's all about the yeah. refs are all on the. But I'm just saying it's all about the rest for for the chiefs. And that's all you're going to hear. But yet yeah, there were many calls that were in favor of of the Eagles as well. Sometimes it goes it goes both ways. That's the point. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and bitch about it because obviously the Chiefs won, but the point is is that it goes both ways. And it wasn't that it was clearly evident for the Chiefs. In fact, I felt for a while that it, it seemed like they were catching more breaks than we were.
0: Yeah. Um yeah for sure. And my thing about it too is it's all a moot point because Bradbury was a man about it and came straight out and said, Yep, I held him. I was yeah. just hoping that they were going to let it out. And now everybody can shut up did. about
2: it because the freaking video right. is out, and the new, the even further evidence from the from the uh, uh, from the side angles, you can clearly see, plain as day, that he was holding him. Yeah. So I now I, I don't point, agree
0: with Juju Smith-Schuster doing what he did for the Valentine well, thing. I think that's stupid. Like that's just adding fire childish, because it's, yeah. to, to me. Yeah, for sure. Like if this was if this would have been the Cincinnati Bengals, it would have been a different story because they were just talking all trash. Right. Um, I don't think that the Eagles I I said this after I read that, what I felt was a lot more respect for the Philadelphia Eagles organization and as to Bradbury as a player as well. And I the immediate reaction I had is let's run it back. I want to see you in the Super Bowl next season. I want to beat your ass because, again, I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm not an Eagles fan but i would want you guys to get back there so we can play this through again you know what i mean right. cuz i much rather go up against a good team that i have respect for rather than taking on a team that i just cannot stand like the new england patriots yeah. you know what i mean you know it's just scum, it's just a scummy dirty ass organization yeah. um so i i don't you know so it, for me that that was kind of it's a moot point now um obviously the they're you know the chiefs are the champions again and uh, it's just it's I think we also do have a pretty easy path of being able to repeat. Now, not saying it's going to be easy, easy, but what I'm saying is we don't really have huge contract negotiations, stuff like that. We do have Brown Jr. for our offensive line that they're saying is most likely going to get a franchise tag because we're not going to be able to probably sign a, uh, a long term deal with him. I don't know if he will accept a franchise tag, but our indications are showing that he would. We obviously have some decisions to make with Juju Smith Schuster. I think we want either bring him back for sure. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I, I don't know. I think that you're you're gonna want to bring him back, but like you don't want him to be a off field distraction. And that that the whole Valentine's thing—that that's gonna like weigh on Andy Reid's, because that's just not sure. how this team is, and that's not how Andy Reed takes care of stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I, but I think we'll bring him back for sure. And I, I think we'll I, look for another receiver as well. And I did
2: see an interview at the parade. Uh, he was, you know, doing a little after uh, the parade, a little uh sideline interview there so to speak in any way um they brought it up and they kept talking about the whole stuff and honestly he he was kind of like you know hey I, i'm I'm past this now let's just put this behind us you know and i think he's you know he he was obviously poking and pride there for a little bit but i think that he realizes that you know time to grow up and let's move past it all you know and i yeah. think
0: that- and the thing about it is i do believe that these these guys are professionals right and I do believe that there's some conversations that are, that are held outside the doors, right? Sure. What I mean by that – or uh, held inside the doors, excuse me. What I mean by that is I would not be surprised if Juju, like, goes, hey, Bradbury. Like, he texts them or calls them, whatever. Because, you know, a lot of these guys talk to each other, obviously. Mm-hmm. He goes, this might suck, but I'm going to do this just to get our teams hyped up for next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like, you know, it, but, but let everybody else, like, go naturally about it. So the A.J. Brown responds, cool. So and then all this happens, right? I, I don't necessarily think that happened, but it could have been, right? Or it would probably most likely would have happened. Is this all happened? And then Juju calls him or Bradbury calls him, and he's like, dude, what what's going on here? And it's like, hey, listen, man, I didn't mean any re- disrespect. I just thought it was funny in the moment. I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. You yeah. know what I mean? That could have definitely uh, could have happened. You know what I mean? But I think it he was just being, to, yeah, it was just a Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, but it could lead into a storyline for next year, you know what I mean? Of Like it with could. they face off uh, with each other again, it I think it, it just, you know, I think that it, 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 that can definitely be part of it as well. You know what I
2: mean? It could be, you know, honestly, I just think it was just, you know, Juju, you know, clowning it or whatever. And it just, you know, it kind of fell flat. That was all, you know?
3: Yeah. But I'm with you there. I
2: really do. I really think that's just how Juju, what Juju is. So, you know, it's just, he's going to talk some smack because obviously he just won a Super Bowl and, You know, he's riding that high right now. So he's just he's talking some shit or whatever, you know, and it is what it is. But I think that, like I said, after the parade, he seemed to kind of put that behind him. So I I think he's realized that. It's best is to let it go and not talk about it anymore. And, you know, because honestly, it's been a huge distraction because honestly, I think it took away a lot from a phenomenal game and one of the best Super Bowls by far. And everybody's talking about that Mm -hmm. stupid hole. It's like, well, what about the rest of the game? It was a phenomenal game. You know, one of the best Super Bowls and actually the second most watched uh, U.S you know, broadcast, broadcast. in history was this Super Bowl. you know, it was a phenomenal fucking game. So, you know, it was very tight all the way to the end. And, uh, I know a lot of people are like, well, it was a lackluster ending, but honestly, well, if you were a chiefs fan, you were, you, <laughs> your butthole was puckered because let's say we put, we put the, uh, uh, the ball in, uh, in, in Butker's hands, so to speak. And, uh, you know, that was scary for us because, you know, he uh, he missed the field goal earlier. He doinked it. And so it was scary. It's like, oh, shit. You know, it's like, is this really the right call? But in Butker, we trust, I guess. So
0: and it was the right call. You know, it for was sure. for the sure. But
2: I'm not going to lie, though. It was, it was, I I was holding my breath, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh shit, this is the time. Don't let your nerves get to you now, dude. So, but hats off to Butker for for making that happen. And obviously uh, they only had what, eight seconds left after that to, to, uh, to answer and
0: thankfully nothing happened. So, so, and this is this with this super bowl championship, um, or champ well yeah whatever winning the super bowl yeah um, i'm stumbling my words here um it leads to an interesting conversation around patrick mahomes and the trajectory that he is on a lot of people are comparing him obviously to tom brady you know goat versus baby goat or whatever have you right um and a lot of or said you know he's done all this and he's only 27 years old right so i'm going to run some quick statistics uh to you okay um, just I want to get your like, your, your point blank reaction to this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the first five seasons of their careers, Tom Brady threw eighteen thousand and twenty nine yards. He had one hundred and twenty three touchdowns. Um, he also threw sixty six interceptions and had a quarterback rating of eighty eight point six. Patrick Mahomes, through his first five years, twenty three thousand nine hundred and fifty seven. So that is 7,900 more, right? Hold on. Am I doing math wrong? No, I'm doing math wrong. That's five. So it's, it's, it's damn near 6,000 more passing yards, 192 touchdowns. So 69 touchdowns more. Okay. Uh, he's only thrown 48 interceptions compared to 66, and he's got a quarterback rating of 106.2. By the way, that is the, uh, if he could retire right now, would be the NFL record. Um. So they they have two Super Bowl rings for Mahomes, three in their first five years for Tom Brady, who's su- MVPs for uh, Mahomes, zero for Tom Brady, two uh two for Super Bowl MVPs. They both have two. Um, the AFC champion. Uh, like how many times they've won the AFC? Mm-hmm. They both won the AFC three times. But how many games, uh, the AFC Championship games, have they been into? Mahomes, five. Tom Brady, three. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to say oh, over the, the past way, five years, too. So. <laughs> well, here's a fun stat to you as well. All that the those stats that I just said to you, Tom Brady was 28. He was a whole yeah. year older than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, if Mahomes. you look at it just in comparison from year to year, right, by 27 age to 27 age, Tom Brady threw 13,919 yards. And 97 touchdowns, hadn't even thrown hundred touchdown yet. And again, Mahomes is at 192, damn near a hundred more touchdowns thrown at the age of 27 than Tom Brady. Damn near 10,000. Actually, it it like literally it is. It's a little over 10,000 more r- r- throwing yards. It, it you know what I mean? Like I can continue to go on and on with this stuff. If yeah. anybody believes that Tom Brady is You know, better than Patrick Mahomes, it can only be for the durability. If you're going to start a franchise right now with a 27-year-old Patrick Mahomes or 27-year-old Tom Brady, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. And the reason why, so on average, Patrick Mahomes is throwing 4,791 yards per season, 38.4 touchdowns, right? So the best uh, in, in his first five years, Tom Brady's best, best season. For her th- touchdowns was in 2002 with 28 touchdowns. Okay, well, Mahomes is averaging 10 more per season mm-hmm. than Tom Brady's best. His best for throwing the football was in 2005 when he first led the NFL on passing yards with 4,110. Okay, well, Mahomes is averaging 600 more than that. You're, you're seeing something, well, right? You're, you're, you're to, seeing to me, a shred... Yeah,
2: to me, it says that I think, you know, because obviously, uh, you know, with with Tom Brady, he had a slower start because, I mean, yeah, he had some success sort of early on. But then he had a quite a bit of a drought there um, where between his wins, you know what I mean? So before he actually uh, resumed being productive again, as far as, you know, uh, wins, uh, you know, or with, you know, picking up championships. So for me. I would say that as long as Mahomes stays healthy and if he continues on the trajectory that he's on, especially at his age, I don't see why he couldn't uh, pass Brady.
0: What's going to come down to, Adam, is longevity. So if you take the average of Patrick Mahomes and extend it out in a 15-year career – he would end up with 570 touchdowns and 7 uh, 71,867 yards, which both are well shy of Tom Brady. Right? Um, if he plays for say like 20 years, right, just adding on to it essentially by you know five years, if I, for throwing the ball, he would have 95,000 yards, which is 6,000 more than uh, what Tom Brady has. Um, and he would also have 760 passing touchdowns, which is 110 more than Tom Brady as well. But yeah. that being said, that's a 20 year career. And that is, you know, so that's 15 years from now, he'd be playing by the age of 43. I don't think that he, cause he didn't like say when he got interviewed, uh, at Disney world, you know, they said, are you mm-hmm. going to play like, uh, play, uh, till 45, like Tom Brady. And he said, I don't think I'm going to play necessarily that long. And I believe him. You know, I don't necessarily think he wants to play that long, but who knows? I mean, he wants to be the best. And his game just seems to continue to be elevated more and more and more. You know what I mean? The worst season he had. For sure. And I think that statistically, the worst season that he had was the Super Bowl season in 2019, where he threw only 4,031 yards and 26 touchdowns. That was the only time he didn't throw 30 touchdowns. Or over forty five hundred yards in this in the season. That's pretty. That's incredible. That's unheard of. You know what I mean? And the fact that he only. Go ahead.
2: I just want to say. So he's got nine more years on his contract. So that would put him at thirty six, and that's you know at least with the Chiefs. That's still, you know, nine years, shy of Brady's forty five. You know, that's if he does. But obviously, I think that we'll see. But anyway um i think that he, go back to your point i just wanted to make a point though that uh it'll be interesting to see if as long as he stays healthy during those those nine those next nine seasons i think we have the recipe for success here uh under Andy Reid and i think that he'll uh can, we will continue to see multiple uh super bowl championships come back to KC those guys are hungry for it and they they literally have said, you know, even after they won the one, they're like, oh, this is a once in a lifetime moment. You know, it's soak it in, et cetera. But in and Mahomes and many of the other guys were like, no, this is this is not a once in a lifetime thing. We are hungry. We're going to get more. We are going to be a dynasty. And that's what they're that's what they're getting ready to. You know, in my opinion, they have to laid that found that that uh, groundwork for it. And foundation now they have a foundation for it. For it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, if they could get – there's a lot of talks uh, about Odell Beckham Jr. joining the Chiefs. If they get Odell Beckham Jr. with Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, and McCole Hartman, good good luck, everybody. With Tony as well, good luck. You know what I mean? Yep. I think that they need to make some some improvements to the secondary or just have – the because the, they have a lot of rookies in the secondary. <clears throat> if they can get better, this team is one of the most complete teams that we that's out there. You yep. know what I mean? And with Mahomes, we trust. But I, yeah, agree. Sure. That's the reason why I think Andy Reid is coming back because he knows oh, I got yeah. a great chance at winning more championships. He, he and I said wanna say, that he's not going, Mahomes, going anywhere for a while. Yeah. yeah, And if I'm him, I also want to see how Mahomes' career continues to unfold. Yeah. You know what I mean? And be a part of that. Yeah, I was gonna so. say, Eric's
2: Eric's gone, but uh, Andy's staying. So you know that's fine with me. So.
0: All right man but uh like as always here um it was great talking to you this week and uh, we'll continue the discussion more for next week on the hometown losers podcast
1: this is oj and i wanted to thank you guys for listening to the equivalent of three dudes sitting at a bar talking about sports We'll catch you next week on the Hometown Losers.